Welcome to the Connecting Mind and Spirit podcast, a podcast devoted to helping you understand and apply the teachings of A Course in Miracles. I am your host, Fiona Williams, author of the newly released book, Awakening Your Right Mind, Healing from Fear and Following Spirit with A Course in Miracles. The benefits of A Course in Miracles are experienced through application of its right-minded principles. Throughout this podcast series, I will explain specific topics and teachings from A Course in Miracles and guide you through meditative exercises, which will help you apply the teachings to your life. Thank you for being here and let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the book club meeting where we're focusing on chapter three, The One Mind. And so this is on page 81 of Awakening Your Right Mind. And I begin with the quote from A Course in Miracles, chapter three. The innocence of God is the true state of the mind of his son. In this state, your mind knows God. For God is not symbolic, he is fact. And this is a very powerful statement, um, could be slightly unbelievable at times. <laughs> but you remember before in earlier book club meetings where I've talked about that you can't know your source um, from a place of feeling guilty, right? In, in that way, if you're feeling guilty, you're just so you're just kind of feeling disconnected and you're just not feeling in alignment with your source. And that's purely because you're identifying with the ego mind. So that's just happening with that tiny little part of your mind that identifies with the ego. But of course, we know there's the massive part of our mind that's already perfectly connected with our source always eternal now and forever. So we don't have to worry about that. What we've got to focus on is this tiny part of our minds that's having this dream of identifying with the ego. So when we want to connect with our source, it's very helpful to tune into our innocence. And to do that just really requires laying aside the ego, our ego agenda, if only for a moment. We kind of just want to go into a state of just forgetting what we think we know about the ego and everything. And we just want to quiet our minds and make room for the connection to our source to come through. And as I've already shared many times throughout the book club, we're taught in the course that we can connect with our source in an instant, right? And that it's not required that we do hours of meditation because our source and we are perfectly connected with it at all times. So it's not a struggle, right, for us to have to connect with our source. But I'm going to be getting more into that as we go through this chapter. Now, at a little lower on page 81, I share that the healing sequence is this, the healing for our minds. Atonement is the principle. The miracle is the means. And healing is the result. So when we think about inviting the miracle, we want to remember that the atonement is at the source of the miracle. Okay, so we're, we're taking that time to just go, okay, we're taking that holy instant to just go, okay, I'm not identifying with the ego right now. I'm choosing for the Holy Spirit. I'm choosing for the truth. Okay, and that's inviting the atonement. And that's what gets the miracle moving. <laughs> Because the miracle is the means. And then just naturally healing is the result. We don't have to worry about the healing. 
right? We don't have to worry about that. That's not our role. That's the Holy Spirit. We don't have to worry about how it's done or when it's done or anything like that. That's the Holy Spirit's role. All we have to do is welcome, right? Just welcome the miracle by accepting the atonement. So I just think it's kind of like a nice equation. Atonement is the principle. Miracle is the means. Healing is the result. Okay. And just throw up your hand if you have any questions or anything about that. <laughs> All right. And so this one idea of the atonement is so powerful that it completely undoes the entire ego thought system. And I follow with that by saying, try not to be deceived by its simplicity. Okay. Because some people are like, are you kidding? All I have to do is accept the atonement. <laughs> And it is true because if we take a step back from the details of the world, the details of the world are effects. The physical world is an effect. And those effects came from that one idea that we think we left our source. So all of that pain, all of that suffering, all of that sickness came from an idea. It began with an idea that you thought you were separated from your source. And so what will heal that idea is another idea, a true idea, the atonement, which reminds you that you never left your source. When you remember the atonement, you're taken above the physical laws of this universe because this physical universe is an effect. So we want to bring it all back to the mind as it's taught in the course, right? The error was made in the mind. And it is in the mind where it needs to be corrected. So do not try not to be deceived by the simplicity of accepting the atonement, because everything you're seeing is an effect of an idea that you believed in thinking you're separate from your source. And it's going to be another idea that is going to correct that and ultimately bring healing to your life and to your mind. Okay, so I, I hope that's helpful because some people are like, really, just one idea. <laughs> and so we really want to really remember what we're working with here. We're working at the level of the mind. Okay, and so then on page 82, I start to get into, well, I share my experience of healing from Meniere's disease, right? And I know a lot of people have already heard this story and you've read it, but yeah, it was I was just having those severe bouts of vertigo. I made a specialist appointment to get under, like to understand what was happening with me. I didn't have a diagnosis at that time. I had no idea what was happening. And in those two months before that specialist appointment, like I've told you before, I followed that guidance of applying true forgiveness and using Gary Renard's healing meditation and it was just really incredible. And just a couple of days before the ENT specialist appointment, I started to have this sequence of events that healing started was occurring. So my ENT appointment was canceled. And the only excuse I got was, oh, he has something to do. The specialist has something to do. And I was like, okay, I'm going to follow this flow. And then that evening, I had the powerful dream where black oil started spilling out of my ear and just going out all over the place. And also a little monkey hand, which I attributed to the ego mind because I call the ego a cheeky little monkey. So there was so much symbolism 
so much powerful symbolism in that black oil coming out of my ear. And when it was all done, I got this feeling of lightness go all the way up my neck, through my ear and up the top of my head. And, you know, I can honestly say it was a it felt like lucid dreaming where I was like something powerful is occurring here. I was very aware of that. And then when I woke up in the morning, I had recalled the dream and I've never had a problem since a big part of Meniere's disease is not just the vertigo, but also a deafness in your right ear or sorry, in your ear. And for me, it was my right ear. And so that deafness, it was kind of, it was annoying because it felt like I always had water in my ear. So, you know, that's kind of an annoying feeling, right? Where you're always trying to get that water out of your ear. Nothing I did helped <laughs> over the years, but that symptom even dissipated completely. And I've never had a problem since. So, and now we're going on like six years <laughs> or something like that. So it's pretty incredible. And that came from my full acceptance of the atonement. It was the day before my ENT appointment was canceled that I had a profound experience of really accepting that I was one with my source. And it honestly seemed to be of a power beyond me because I felt a powerful surge of energy through my body. All I know is that I really welcomed it. That was my role, right? Whereas I was just like, Holy Spirit, I 100% trust you that whatever happens with this body, I'm one with my source. And I know my job is to forgive. So I'm going to do that. You can count on me. I'm going to do my true forgiveness work, no matter what, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And then everything just seemed to proceed from there. I had that strong energetic pulse go through my body. I really tuned in that I was one with my source and I didn't want to associate with anything else other than that truth. And that's where the healing started to proceed. So, and I mean, that's my experience. I mean, we're, we're all going to have different experiences or what brings us to bodily healing, but that happened to work for me. Um, but I do know that it was my acceptance of the atonement that really initiated everything. So really powerful experience. And I'm just beyond grateful that I get to share it with others um, because healing is possible. Whatever it looks like, it was my mind that was healed. Whatever ego crud I was holding on to in my mind, that was released symbolically. So I'm very, very grateful. <laughs> so when at the end of it all, I can say, and I put this on page 84, with absolute confidence, I say to you, you are a fundamental part of God and you don't need to settle for anything less. So, and that's what we're taught throughout A Course in Miracles, isn't it? Where Jesus is consistently like, you know, you don't have to delay your happiness. Why would you do that? You have a better choice. There is a better way. Um, you don't need to settle for the ego. And another course teaching that I've shared is, right, is you can just be, you can be just as vigilant against the ego as you are for it. I mean, what a powerful statement. I mean, it's a bit of a wake up call, you know, like, what am I being vigilant for? You don't need to settle for anything less than who you truly are. And that's going to come with practice. But that fieriness is going to come <laughs> to just go, look, I'm one with my source. That's ultimately going to be your feel good spot, your baseline state. <laughs> so I, I just really hope I mean, and many years disease is, is known in our world as being incurable. Right. So the fact that it was cured um, was something very profound. And this is something I've also shared, which just kind of it just reinforces how much spirit is there for us. If people are aware of Cryon, um, he is um, an enlightened 
being um, that is channeled through um, author Lee Carroll. Lee Carroll's a Hay House author. And with Cryon, he just channels him and he shares a bunch of messages. And I happened to meet Lee Carroll. Um, and I shared, this was after I had my healing experience and I shared with him cause I, he was big into healing. So I just told him cause I thought it was a cool story. And he immediately after my story, he put his head back and his eyes kind of rolled back into his head. And then he came back and he looked at me and he said it was Meniere's disease. So Cryon through Lee Carroll diagnosed me as having had Meniere's disease. And when I went home, I had never heard of it. When I went home, I looked up all the symptoms and sure enough, it was Meniere's disease. Everything, the classic signs of having a full ear, the deafness, the vertigo, everything. So just to have that spiritual support yet again was really amazing. And that came like two years after I had healed. So it's just another cool part of the story to let you know that Spirit's always there for you, and you're going to get the information when you need it. You can trust the Holy Spirit with that. So just something fun <laughs> I'd mention. <laughs> but you know, there is, there's, Spirit is invisible to us, but it's symbols, it's support, it's signs. It works through this world. You know, we shared that, I shared that in the last book club meeting, how the Holy Spirit can move through us and speak through other people and things in this world, other symbols. So just being open to how much spirit is so natural to you and how you are so perfectly connected to your source. Okay, so I hope that's a good vote of confidence. <laughs> All right. So on page 85, I thought this would be fun to do in this chapter, um, is I have the two sections, redefining God, and then the following section is redefining you. Because we are so caught in our ego perceptions, those filters, that our understanding of God is polluted by our ego thoughts. And then our idea of ourselves is also polluted by our ego thoughts. So I just thought it would be fun to start with redefining God and then moving into redefining who we truly are. So on page 85, I share that just as some struggle with the term Holy Spirit or Jesus, there are many who can't get on board with God. And also, if you love God, there's still a deep part of you which is fearful of your source. And we talked about this when we talked about the laws of chaos, right? Is when we identify with the ego, the ego needs you to think God is your enemy because in truth, God is your way out. <laughs> and that's very threatening to the ego. So of course, we want to have a right idea about who our source is. And Jesus very much helps us understand who our source truly is through A Course in Miracles. Um, and so I share the quote from the course chapter two, again, awesome chapter in the course, I recommend everyone reads it. And it says, you have been fearful of everyone and everything. You are afraid of God, of me, Jesus, and of yourself. You have misperceived or miscreated us and believe in what you have made. You would not have done this if you were not afraid of your own thoughts. Okay, so what a powerful statement. And it's just true, right? And when we get into how we attribute certain things to God in this world, you know, I go on um, to say that when we believe that our thoughts and actions are being judged by a condemnatory God, that's really 
you know, scary for us. We always feel like we're being under, like we're under some sort of surveillance. And if we do something wrong, there's that fear of guilt, but followed closely behind is that fear of punishment. And that's the source of fear is thinking that we're going to be punished. Right. So, and then also every time something goes awry in our world, we mistakenly think it's because we are being punished by this angry God. So just if you can just kind of tune in with how sometimes if you make a mistake, how you think you, you might get some sort of karma or, you know, just something up <laughs> that might happen to you um, or that you'll be punished in some way. These are all things that we subconscious or unconsciously attribute to God. Um, and also I'll share it now. It's a little later in the chapter, but on, on the end of page 87, I also go into that the harm of thinking that God made this world is that you blame God for the ego's insanity. And so we ask why God took a child or caused bankruptcy or simply declined to answer a desperate prayer. All the insanity, emptiness, and pain that the world seems to cause us is blamed on God. God is formless, so it's easy to channel our pain and anger toward an entity we cannot see or feel. And also, I share, but people can also blame the devil for the same things that they blame God for, can't they? Right? Yeah. So which one is it? <laughs> All they know is they're blaming it on some formless entity. That's all they know, right? And I compare it to flaming someone online. It's easier to be feisty with someone online because you don't have to look them in the eye, right? That's a little sneaky way that kind of dynamic shows up in our world. And so it's easy for us to blame something else, this all-powerful thing that's ready to punish us. And so no wonder we're so afraid, right? Because we think that that nonsense is true, but it's literally just nonsense <laughs> and thankfully we're taught in a course in miracles that our source is pure love right so um i also go on to share um the acim lesson so this is on page 86 from lesson 152 of the course is it not strange that you believe to think you made the world you see is arrogance god made it not of this you can be sure what can he know of the ephemeral, the sinful and the guilty, the afraid, the suffering and lonely, and the mind that lives in within a body and must die? You but accuse him of insanity to think he made a world where such things seem to have reality. He is not mad, yet only madness makes a world like this. So one of the most radical teachings in A Course in Miracles is that God actually knows nothing of this world, right? Yes, a massive part of our mind is perfectly connected. And yes, we have an answer, which is an answer from our source, which was already in our mind because God is in our mind. And that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the representative for our source, right? So we have that. But God itself is not aware of this world. God knows the truth, right? It knows the truth about you. And that there's only one of us, each and every single one of us, we're one, one in our source right now. We're not little individual things, <laughs> right? And so I've mentioned earlier that the course describes the split mind experience as being like a ripple in the ocean or a ray of sunshine. And so I write on page 87, in this physical experience, you think you are the ripple in the deep ocean, 
a ray of sunshine which exists only because of the sun. You are one with everything while dreaming you are apart from everything. Okay, so you are one with everything while dreaming you are apart from everything. And that's all it is, is a dream, right? And as a reminder, the underlying current of fear and distrust in yourself comes from these mistaken ideas that you think you'll be punished by God for supposedly separating it. And that also you're afraid that you will choose to separate again and feel the immense discomfort and guilt. So that's why you don't trust yourself is because you think you're going to make the same mistake again. Right. And so, again, I've shared this before in an earlier book club meeting, but that's why you diminish the power of your mind. That's why people do it. That's why our society does it is because unconsciously we're afraid of making the same mistake again. And that's just so horrible. <laughs> it's so traumatic. We don't want to do that. Is this all sounding good? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Head nods. Awesome. <laughs> all right. So we want to redefine God by tuning into what Jesus teaches us in the course about who God truly is. Right. And he is pure love. Well, he, it, you know, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, it doesn't have a gender, <laughs> but it's pure love and it's purely benign. Right. So I share on page 88 that to connect with our source is a practice which is very easy for a trained mind, but is difficult for an untrained mind. So if you find yourself struggling with, you know, taking a quiet moment to just feel your connection with your source, just simply recognize maybe your mind just needs a little bit more training. And that's where the ACIM lessons are amazing for helping us train our minds. Right. And when you use an ACIM lesson, you're really activating the Holy Spirit in your mind. So you'll really have that support. So try not to be dismayed. If anything, if you can just recognize that at this point in time, you just have a bit more mind training to do. But don't worry, you, with the practice, it will just get easier for you. Okay. So just, just keep that in mind because, of course, the an untrained mind, it just focuses on chaos and conflict right? It just goes from fear thought to fear thought to fear thought. <laughs> and it's just trying to distract you. That's all it's trying to do. That's how the ego tries to stay alive is by distracting you. So if you're finding it hard to connect with your source, just keep that in mind and just go, okay, I just have a little bit more mind training to do, but that doesn't mean that I'm not connected with my source. Okay. You're always connected. You're always there. And so sometimes even when my mind's a bit busy, you know, just, I just go source. I love you. And I know I'm one with you and I know you're there, you know, and if that's all I can manage, it feels actually really good, <laughs> better than beating myself up for not feeling like I can do it. <laughs> right. But you really want to tune into how natural it is for you to connect with your source. All right. So on page 89, I go into the section of redefining you. <laughs> and I share the course quote from chapter 24. A co-creator with the father must have a son. Yet must the son have been created like himself. So yet the child of source must be created like source. A perfect being, all-encompassing and all-encompassed. Nothing to add and nothing taken from, not born of size, nor place, nor time, 
nor held to limits or uncertainties of any kind. I mean, what a beautiful, that's what you truly are. You're limitless. There's no uncertainty in the reality of where you truly are. There's no fear. There's no uncertainty. There's just pure love, pure connection, right? And wonderfully, we're taught in Gary Renard's work that, you know, pets that we've had or, you know, our our spouses or whatever it might be, everyone's there in that oneness and you sense them. You sense them, you know you're there. So if you ever have that fear of a close loved one passing away or whatever it might be, um, just do remember if you can try to make space in your mind for the truth that you're already one with them. And there is a part of your mind that knows that you and them are perfectly safe together. I mean, it's a really beautiful thing. And when my dog Guinness was sick with cancer, that was something I really... I got the idea to remind myself of that often because there were often times I would look at him and go, this might be the last time I see him doing this or see him doing that. Right. And I was really putting a lot of pressure on myself and I got the idea to just go look Fiona. You're always one with him. That can never be broken. And you'll always know that. And when you become enlightened, you'll really know that you'll sense him. You'll sense your oneness with him all the time. And so take the pressure off and just be, just be with him, right? And so it helped me to be more present with my loved one while he was going through a hard time. And he did pass and he shows up in my dreams and I know I'm one with him and he's my little buddy. And now I have two new dogs and it's all good, (laughs) right? So I just think it helps take the fear out of the idea of death to just remember who we truly are, okay? We're not these bodies. This is, our bodies are a communication device. It's a moment in time, but who we truly are is gonna go on forever. Okay, so I hope that helps. Um, And so I do share a little later on page 89 that feeling unworthy is the core reason you don't commit to your spiritual practice or any other discipline which will help you to calm and train your mind. Okay, so we're taught in A Course in Miracles that when it comes to acknowledging who we truly are and connecting with our source, the main reason we struggle with that, Jesus says, is not a problem of concentration. He says you're fully able to concentrate. The problem is a sense of unworthiness. You don't think you're worthy enough to commit, right, to your ACIM lessons, to stopping for a moment and applying true forgiveness, to stopping and taking a few deep breaths. And that's where we can easily say that the obligation to the ego starts to sneak in, right? Where it's like, oh, well, you know, I have all these details I have to tend to. I can't stop and remember the truth. You know, the world keeps screaming at me. I got things to do. But really what it is, is you don't feel worthy enough to just stop and connect. And so you really want to keep that in mind. And so I actually like to include this teaching in my life in easier ways. Like, you know, if you're feeling a bit lazy and you don't want to wash your makeup off before bed or something, I'll actually just sneak this in and go, I'm worthy of just taking the time, you know, to put on my favorite turmeric mask, right? Like, and that's, you know, it's good for me. It's good for my skin. I love the turmeric, right? So I'm worthy of taking the time to floss my teeth, you know, if I'm feeling lazy about that, or I'm worth the time to take my vitamins, right? I'm worth that. 
I'm worth, I'm worth the time it takes to take care of myself, you know? So it's just something that I've kind of done to incorporate into my life when I'm feeling a bit lazy about certain things. (laughs) And, you know, and it's nice because it actually makes you feel good about those healthy habits you want to have, right? <laughs> All right. And and I can easily say you're worthy of being happy too, right? You're worthy of taking some time to watch something funny <laughs> and have a good time. So I'm going to throw that one out there too. <laughs> All right. So at the very bottom of page 89, I write, thankfully, your worth has been determined by your source and not by the ego. You may dream you are something shameful and unlovable, but of course, that is not your reality. The fact is that you were created by your source, so who you truly are is not up for debate, (laughs) right? So that's a nice thing to remind ourselves, like, okay, this is not up for debate. I'm love. I'm innocent. So (laughs) it's sometime I'm just, at some point, I'm going to hop on board, And, you know, and if you can just kind of see it as that process of like, inevitably, I am going to recognize that I'm purely innocent, and that I'm pure love, and I'm going to see that in everyone else. So it's wonderfully inevitable. And then also on page 90, I go into a great topic of A Course in Miracles, which is the veil of forgetfulness. So how did we forget who we truly are? Well, that's that veil of forgetfulness. When we take when we initially took that ego thought seriously, that we were separated from our source, and then we took it seriously and the ego was made and all of that, a veil of forgetfulness started to go over our minds. And with each ego thought that we take seriously, those veils start to go over. And we start to forget. We forget who we really are. We forget who other people really are. We forget who our pets really are. We forget. We forget who our source really is, all of those things. And so so that's something to be really mindful of is that's literally at some point within the ego world, within the split mind experience, that's how your mind is functioning, is you're getting those veils of forgetfulness, that denial. And so what we're doing with the ACIM lessons and our work here is we're lifting the veil, the veil of forgetfulness. And so remember that the ego is going to go like, hey, if you look within, you're going to feel guilty. You're going to feel horrible, right? So the ego's like, why don't you come over here? Come hide with me. Hide in this world. Hide in this universe. Hide in this body. And then you don't have to face God's supposed wrath, right? That's what the ego says. But what we want to remember is that beneath those veils of forgetfulness is the truth that we're innocent. So we don't have to hide from God. We don't have to hide from anything. Okay. So that's why the ego is so hell bent on you not going within because actually the truth of you, of who you truly are is death to the ego. So that's why it's like, hide, get lost in the details of your body, get lost in the details of your, your world, this world here, your relationships, get lost in all those details. Just forget God. He's mad at you. These are the things the ego suggests, and we believe it, right? So just something to really be aware of that don't be afraid to lift the veil, right? Because the Holy Spirit's with you. All you're going to recognize more and more is that you're innocent, is that you're worthy, is that you are never the ego at all. If anything, with every veil that gets lifted up, 
you're training your mind to identify with who you truly are. And that's a real gift, right? So when we look at our self-esteem issues, our self-worth issues, being a people pleaser, whatever it may be, however it shows up for you, okay, all of that need not be. You are an innocent child of source and you deserve to know that that is true, okay? So I hope that's helpful. The veil of forgetfulness, really, really powerful um, teaching in the course. And then I continue on page 91, that as your defenses and your fears around God come down, as you start to go, okay, I don't have to defend myself against anything. My source isn't mad at me. I can start to lift that veil. The more you do that, the more it's going to be easier to accept your true self. Okay, so that's going to go hand in hand that the more your defenses go down, the more you're going to identify with your true self and it's going to be easier. It's going to be more believable. And that makes sense because you're just not identifying with the ego's chaos, right? So that makes a lot of sense, right? The mind always needs a focus. So if you're not focused on maintaining the ego's chaos, then there's some room for your true self to come forth, right? The remembrance of who you really are. Right. So really, really cool. Um, and then there's a beautiful um, course quote that I share. Spirit is the thought of God, which he created like himself. The unified spirit is God's one son or Christ. Right. You are that. Right. The saints, the enlightened ones that appeared to go before us were no different from them. We are just as important and we are just as capable, right? So I think that's important for us to remember. And then I continue on on page 91. It is stated very clearly in the course that our true state is formless. We are a thought of God, formless mind and spirit together as one, right? So mind and spirit, remember, are working together as one. What you presently believe you are, a body, is actually a totally neutral device used for communication. And you can use your body to communicate either the ego's thoughts or the Holy Spirit's. Try not to be deceived by the limits of the body, okay? Try not to let yourself be deceived by what you think only the body can do. The body's an effect. The body is a tool to be used lovingly and does not represent what you really are. Your experience of the body will be useful for the time required for you to reach enlightenment. So your body holds a really helpful purpose there, right? As I've said, we're going to become enlightened while we appear to be in these bodies, right? So we want to treat it well from that place of, this is my communication device. You know, I'm going to get home while I appear to be in here. You know, in that regard, that the, the body is very useful to help us expand our awareness of who we truly are, Okay. And so then you will, um, ultimately, you'll come to enlightenment, either in this physical experience or one to come. And then you will lay the body aside and your formless state will go on as it always has. So we have, you know, we're being taught in the course that we're kind of just having two different kind of um, experiences, right? We're having this experience of the body and we're having this experience of the mind. 
And when we take a step back, they do seem like two different things, right? Like the body gets hungry and it, you know, it needs to rest and it needs its exercise and things like that. And then the mind though, the mind just seems to be a stream of thoughts about this, that, and the other thing about the world (laughs) and sometimes about the body. It's just, you're just bringing it back and just going, I'm going to nurture and care for myself because I'm important. My enlightenment is important. I'm important, right? So that's redefining you. You're very important and you're needed, okay? So just trust, especially us ACIM students, you know, um, we're ready, right? We're ready to get into this work in a deeper way. We're ready to know who our source really is. We're ready to know who we are apart from the ego. So just kind of accepting what we've signed up for. Right. Um, And then I get into um, a topic which I shared in the last book club meeting, which was true denial. I bring up true denial in this chapter because, again, true denial is denying anything which is not of God, denying its ability to affect you. So essentially, you want to start to get to the point where someone's insult doesn't affect you. (laughs) Right. That this world is what happens in this world is not going to affect you. And that's mind training again. And it's gonna be easier to be less reactive to this world the more you apply true forgiveness because that's how the ego is undone. So if you can think of it, the only reason you're reacting to this world, you're reacting from that from a fearful place because you've got some ego going on in your mind. It's actually the ego that's reacting. So if you could see it that way and just go, when I'm reacting negatively, It's actually the ego, right? That ego part that's reacting, okay? So that's what I need to correct. So you kind of want to call it out, okay? So I just find that to be a bit helpful. And you want to remind yourself of true denial as often as you can, right? Am I going to let this affect me? Because, you know, you're going to find yourself react instantaneously to some things, But what I like to say is that eventually you get to the point where you recognize, okay, I reacted to that instantaneously, but I'm aware of that. And so am I going to continue to react to that? That's your choice. And the more your awareness grows, the less instantaneous the reactions are going to be, right? So just feel that that's helpful. So true denial is a really helpful thing. And what I share in the book is just an example from, you know, when I was down with vertigo, I had that choice about how I was going to let it affect me. It's something I had experienced before, you know? And so I recall that I had at one time asked my husband to turn on America's Funniest Home Videos. No, I could not watch it. No way in hell. (laughs) You know, I just opened my eyes and it was just big circles. (laughs) But um, I could hear the laughter. I could hear the laughter and that was really helpful. I had that choice when I was down with severe vertigo to just go, do I need to make this any more real? Do I need to add on, like kind of garnish it with fear thoughts? (laughs) No, I don't think I need to do that. (laughs) Yes, Elaine? Yeah, um, I was just saying how the course influences my life. Like yesterday, I was tired after having a yard sale, which like no one came to, but I didn't care even. I didn't even care. (laughs) I looked at it like, oh, well, I got myself organized now. I know what to get rid of. And then um, I had somewhere to be. 
and my friend was running a little late and I didn't want to be late for this because I was a part of this event. And um, I found myself almost reacting. And when she got there, we were driving and I found myself, okay, you're kind of like on the verge of like uh, your ego here, you know, cause like you're letting this bother you. And so I saw that. And then at the art gallery, a piece of my pottery fell and broke. Oh. Oh. And I didn't even care. Nice. And people were like, oh, that's a shame. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll, yeah. I'll play with it. You know, I'll take it home and play with it. And so, yeah, you, 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 sometimes you don't react at all. And sometimes you see you're reacting or, you know, yes. and then it's like, okay, back it up. Yeah, you're reacting because I was getting a little annoyed with my friend because I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like, I got to get here on time, you know, da, 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 yeah, where are you? You know, uh, so yeah, it's just very uh, you can, it's very, um, very helpful to, and then just to not react to things. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's so freeing, isn't it, to just not get into the details of this world. Like I know yesterday I went on Instagram and, you know, there was a bit of a, um, someone who made a strong opinion about something that was going on in our world. And I won't get into all the details because it's just more ego, <laughs> but I saw both sides of the story in the comments. I just happened to see a few as I was panning up and I was like, wow, there it is again, that law, first law of chaos, that the truth is different for everyone. And look at that and look how sucked in they're all getting. And it's this dialogue um, and defending themselves and all of that. But then I scrolled a little more and I came across the foundation for inner pieces Um they have their Instagram post and I can't remember exactly what I, what it said, but it was of course, just speaking about something about the peace of God is within me or something like that. And I just really recognized, you know, what a dichotomy between the nonsense we can get involved in if we let ourselves right in that one Instagram post where there was a lot of controversy. And then I just scroll a little more and there's this beautiful truth that the peace of God is there for me to choose, right? And it was just so, it just sits so much better within me. And then I was just like, perfect, that's it for my Instagram scroll for the day, right? I got everything I needed. Um, but yeah, just to see, it just really highlighted that choice. And I said to my husband later when we were walking the dogs, just my gratitude for having A Course in Miracles in my life. Um, because I wouldn't want to get caught up in all of the politics and um, the dichotomy of, you know, um, everyone's experience, well, just their opinions, right? And they think they're right, and they think they're right. So the course path is definitely peaceful. <laughs> and that and that's a real gift. So that was just really highlighted for me. Um, but yeah, but I have that choice, just like you do, right? If this thing happens, like I could have gotten into the Instagram post that was controversial, if I wanted to, I had no desire to, thankfully. But you know, I'm sure I could have if I wanted to. And would have that brought me peace? Is this actually true? Is this something I actually want to invest my time in? No. And I didn't feel myself reacting either. So that was my choice, true denial. Right. And then I go to the course quote and there it is. There's the peace of God and I'm feeling it and I'm associating with it. And that was my choice. That was my choice.
and it was very loving. So, you know, just sharing that um, experience of when I was down with vertigo and putting on America's Funniest Home Videos, as I was saying, uh, the things in our script are going to happen, right? I had no idea I was going to get Meniere's disease consciously. I had no idea, but it happened. So what am I going to do with it? And do I need to garnish it with all those fear thoughts and make it worse? No, I have that choice to deepen my breathing and just go with the flow. Right. So just something for us to remember. All right. And then I get into on page 93, communicating with God. And I share from the text chapter nine of the course, remember always that you cannot be anywhere except in the mind of God. So as we know in the course, that beautiful course quote, that we travel but in dreams while perfectly safe at home. And what a beautiful thing to remind ourselves more often is that we travel in dreams, but we're perfectly safe at home. And I talk more about training your mind because what you're really training your mind to do is to become comfortable with the quality of peace that only a connection with your source can bring. So I know there's definitely some you know, students that will ask, well, why can't we just wake up like right now, like just like this? You know, and the fact is, is because that if that ego part of your mind isn't undone, then you're not going to feel worthy of God's love. And that perfect peace that comes with God is going to be very threatening to you. You're not going to feel deserving of it. And it's just going to be, you just straight up just not feel ready for it. Right. And sometimes we can recognize that in our um, special love relationships, can't we? where, you know, someone extends love to us and maybe we're not ready and we're like, oh my goodness, like, you know, and, and definitely I had an ex-boyfriend that was, we were together six and a half years. And at the end of it, you know, it just, I, I broke it off with him. He was not ready for my level of love, <laughs> you know, and, and things like that. And, it, it just wasn't working. And that's fine. You know, now if I saw him, it would be a good thing. It's all good. Um, but, you know, just recognizing, you know, we can feel really upset when someone doesn't accept our love and then vice versa, where we're like, God, am I worthy of, of this love that this person is expressing towards me? You know, we're just training our minds to get there, to get comfortable with that level of love, that unconditional love that unconditional peace that is available to us through our source. And we're just prepping our minds to get there. Okay. It's a really gentle way to see it. Okay. And then on page 94, I go into the beauty of true prayer. Um, I don't know. Some people may not be familiar with the supplement to A Course in Miracles, which is called the Song of Prayer. The song of prayer is just a little tiny part, or it can be at the back of some versions of the course. It's so beautiful. And it teaches, Jesus just goes more into forgiveness, the ladder of forgiveness, um, things like that. Um, but he talks about true prayer. And true prayer is not going to God from a place of asking. It's going to God from a place of, I want to stop and connect. I want to stop and feel peace with you. I want to forget the world and go to you, right? And I even share that beautiful quote from Lesson 188. Um, I share this on page 95. And it says, we take our wandering thoughts 
and gently bring them back to where they fall in line with all the thoughts we share with God. So that's what we're doing. Just those wandering thoughts and just bring it back. Come back to alignment with our source. Really beautiful, really gentle, right? And so what I like to say, because I know we still, you know, we have those issues in the world where we like want that guidance. And so that's what we want to use the Holy Spirit for. But when we go to God, right, we want to go from a place of letting all those goals, all those concerns, all those worries, we want to let those go. And we just want to connect with our source for that quiet time, for just as I shared earlier in that chapter, right? It's like, isn't it nice to know we can let go of our fear thoughts, that we can just go and feel safe for a moment, with our source, you know, so if you can just kind of see it that way, that you're going to God for like a hug (laughs) for that love. Um, But if you need help, turn to the voice for God in this world, the Holy Spirit, right? So you kind of want to just see it that way. And I I hope that's helpful um, because we're taught in A Course in Miracles um, that it's in the section, um, a beautiful section called The Forgotten Song. And um, there's a really powerful meditation. I can share it um, in the email when I send out the reply. Um, but it's a it's known, um, Arten and Persa, Gary Renard's teachers say that it's the most powerful meditation in the entire world. And it, this is so because you are connecting purely with your source and you're giving everything to the Holy Spirit before you do so. So what you're doing is you're taking an altar and you're putting that in your mind's vision and you're putting all your goals, all your concerns on the altar. And then you envision it being lifted up to the Holy Spirit. And then once that's cleared, once your mind is clear, then you take time to connect with your source and just feel that love. Right. And and you are to connect with that warm and loving white light that represents the son of God as it truly is, which is innocent. So it's a really beautiful meditation and it's the most powerful one in the world. And it's not even that long. It's about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I always like to share that those moments of connection with your source are like imperative to your mental health, you know, because as course students, we're in that prime position to understand where fear comes from and what corrects fear. And that correction is connecting with our source. So if you can just think of how valuable it is for you to just take those quiet moments of connecting with your source, really great for your mental health. Really, really great. Something easy to incorporate in your daily life, I feel. Absolutely. And as it's shared um, uh, on page 95 of my book, Lesson 49, it is quite possible to listen to God's voice all through the day without interrupting your regular activities in any way. The part of your mind in which truth abides is in constant communication with God, whether you are aware of it or not. Right. So what a beautiful thing, whether I'm aware of it or not, a part of me still getting those vibes, (laughs) getting the truth. And I also share a little further on that connecting with your source doesn't have to be a fussy ordeal. You know, you can kind of think about how ritualistic um, some religions can be or some practices can be. Um, Remember just how natural it is to connect with your source. And I always say it's like it's more natural than breathing, right? Because connect being one with your source is more natural to you than your own lungs, (laughs) 
because that came first. <laughs> so you don't, it doesn't have to be fussy. And we're even taught in A Course in Miracles, Jesus says that rituals um, can become their own gods. So you don't want to lose what you're really trying to accomplish, you know, in things, if you find yourself getting too fussy or worried if you're doing something right or wrong. Um, and so, you know, it's nice to kind of give yourself that permission to feel your innocence, feel that peace, right? Because that's what the Holy Spirit wants for you. That's what God wants for you, you know? So it's, that's just something that you can think of. And I also, um, on the and at the end of page 96, there's this fabulous course quote, and I just love it. It says, God is your safety in every circumstance. His voice, which is the Holy Spirit, speaks for him in all situations and in every aspect of all situations, telling you exactly what to do to call upon his strength and his protection. There are no exceptions because God has no exceptions. Right. So God is your safety in every circumstance. And that's from lesson 47. So what a really beautiful thing to remember, you know, that like just what it's bringing to you. Right. That, you know, sometimes we can get fussed about, you know, what should I do? Like something's happening. What should I do? Open up to that Holy Spirit guidance. You will be guided right? You can practice doing that. You can practice doing that. So when you really need it, it'll be there for you. It'll be easier for you to hear the Holy Spirit's voice, the more the ego is undone, right? So that's another really great reason to commit to true forgiveness is if I want to hear the Holy Spirit more, that ego part has to be undone. So the more I do it, the more I'm making room for the Holy Spirit in my mind for me to hear it. So it's really, really cool. So yeah, so true prayer, I do recommend reading the song of prayer and also the section in the course called the forgotten song. It's just a really beautiful um, meditative part of the course. And um, yeah, I highly recommend it. So I'll send that link to that meditation when I put out the replay. Okay, and then I get into on page 97, the topic of enlightenment. <laughs> and we're taught on um, chapter 18 of the text of the course that heaven is not a place nor a condition. It is merely an awareness of perfect oneness and the knowledge that there is nothing else, nothing outside this oneness and nothing else within. Okay, so, and then just a little further down, I'd share from lesson 188 of the course, enlightenment is a recognition and not a change at all. So, you know, a few book club meetings Ago, I shared about how the course uses words like realize, recognize, remember, and here we're getting recognition, right? So because it's already true within you, in your mind, enlightenment is a recognition. So as we commit to true forgiveness, those veils of forgetfulness are going to get lifted up, right? The ego is going to become undone and we're going to remember it's going to start to come forward. That's how it's done. Your true forgiveness is the path to enlightenment. Okay. And you are worthy of enlightenment because of who you truly are, which is, of course, not up for debate. <laughs> you can disbelieve it all you want, but it won't change who you are. <laughs> all right. So enlightenment truly is possible for me and for you. And we're taught in the course that not only is it possible, 
it's already happened, right? So this is another radical teaching that we're taught in the course is that the healing of the child of God has already occurred. It's already done. And what we're doing right now is we're just replaying what has already gone by. So we're even taught in the course about the concept of deja vu, right? And deja vu means to see again. Okay, so all we're doing right now is we're replaying what has already seemed to have gone by. So when we just can, if we can suspend our belief for a moment and just rise above the details of this world for but a moment and just go, I'm already enlightened. I'm already healed. I'm already at home. It's just a part of my mind that is replaying. And the reason it's doing that is so I can choose for the Holy Spirit script version of the script. That's what I want to do instead of the ego. So that's what I'm doing. And the more I choose for the Holy Spirit, the more I'm going to get to that point in my awareness that I'm already enlightened. I'm already home. And in the last book club meeting, I did talk about Kenneth Wapnick's book, A Vast Illusion. And I did talk about time, according to A Course in Miracles. And this would be a continuance of that conversation, is that this has already passed by. And so if you can just think of it, you know, Kenneth Wapnick has described it before as you're putting in a videotape. <laughs> so which videotape do you want to put in? The ego's videotape or the Holy Spirit's videotape? Which one do you choose? That's your choice. And the more you choose the Holy Spirit, the more you're going to get to that point that you recognize you're already enlightened, you're already healed, you're already home. And I do share with clients um, when they're open and ready, <laughs> you know, because um, they can come to me with some really tough topics, hard times. But when you're open and you're ready to accept the truth, you can remind yourself you're already healed. You're already at home. And that can, again, help with the sting of this world to just go, this has already passed by. And, you know, this is something that I did when I wanted to heal from the Meniere's disease, where I said to myself, look, I want to align with this part of the script where I heal, where the healing of my mind occurs from this. So what I did throughout the Meniere's disease is I just said, I'm going to align with the Holy Spirit's script on this the one where my mind is healed. I learned the lesson. That's my choice. Yeah, Gabby had not. <laughs> Good stuff, right? <laughs> because again, that's your choice, right? That's your choice. So I'm going to align with the healing script. And when the book club meetings are done, my next podcast is actually going to be about aligning with healing. So you can look forward to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is your choice because it's already done. You're already home. Okay, so then what's the script where that happens? <laughs> That's, that's what I choose. <laughs> All right. So also it was brought up in um, our last um, book club meeting um, for me to chat about revelation and the dark night of the soul experience. Now I've never experienced revelation, at least not in this physical incarnation. Um, my mom, as I shared in the last book club meeting has. So she went to see um, Jesus Christ superstar, um, a live um, play and when she was there, there's a point, I think it's when Jesus falls to his knees. Um, I can't remember which point, but anyways, it was at a point where he did that. And when she saw him, literally just, a, I guess, 
um, the version of Jesus in the, through the Holy Spirit came to her. So like, it just, she just totally detached from being in the theater and just this a vision of Jesus just filled her mind. And it was just, he was just pure white. And after that, she was, had revelation for seven days, seven full days. Yeah, totally. Wow. <laughs> and so um, this is a woman who has been dealt with a lot of anxiety right? Um, and I saw a lot of anxiety when I was growing up from her. So for her to have had this experience, what a gift, <laughs> right? And then also when it dissipated, that's fine. Of course, she missed it. Um, but then a little later, she read Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, when it came out. And she didn't have revelation again, but she did have a prolonged experience of being able to accept the now. And she would even get up really early in the morning and go to a forest that's near um, where we live. And she would go and walk in that forest. I mean, and this is the place where there's bears and coyotes and she didn't care. She was up accepting the power of now and <laughs> walking through a forest early in the morning just to feel the peace of nature and to connect with nature. So really beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, um, but again, like that doesn't mean that my mom hasn't had hard times. She's had really hard times, but this was kind of a guiding post. And for those who have experienced revelation, I'm sure it would be a guiding post for you of that this is what enlightenment is going to feel like, a total suspension from fear. And Jesus talks about revelation at the beginning of the course. I believe it's in chapter one. So just something um, that some of us will be given that gift of that experience. Um, in regard to the dark night of the soul, I've had a couple of clients ask me about it. And from my understanding is that um, it's not necessary for enlightenment. I, I've never heard that mentioned that it's a prerequisite. Um, in fact, we are taught through Gary Renard's work that there are people who will read A Course in Miracles once, do the lessons, and they're enlightened. So, you know, a dark night of the soul experience wasn't necessary for them to experience that, at least not that I'm aware of. Um, but what I would say, because sometimes the language around the dark night of the soul experience is the ego is fighting <laughs> and it's really struggling for survival. What I would say about that is you want to be careful of that kind of language because again, that's going back to something kind of powerful outside of you that is trying to get you. Yes, I made the ego. Yes, I'm loyal to it because I made it, but I can start to stop continuing with that. And I can start to you know, create some space and just go, oh, well, the reason I'm feeling this is because I'm taking that ego thought seriously. So you kind of want to just start to just not put yourself in that state of fear where something is coming at you, right? Where something's going to punish you and get you. I think each and every one of our experiences with enlightenment is going to be different. Um, and I know that the more the mind is healed of the ego, um, the more peaceful we can come to be. There is a section in the manual for teachers of the course that talks about the development, the stages of development um, that we can expect as we go through the course. Yes, there are moments of sadness. Um, yes, there are moments of, you know, I thought I was doing really well. 
and then there's a next stage of undoing. There's things like that, which I think gives a more of a clearer picture and a less frightening picture of what we can expect. Totally. Each of us is different. And if someone has a dark night of the soul, that that's fine. That's their experience. You know, that's, that's exactly. their thing. Like Eckhart Tolle had that, you know, and, and then he woke up to hearing the birds sing and it was the most beautiful thing he'd ever Believe heard. Me. Yeah. I have had my own dark night of the soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. We all have had. Exactly. I've come to terms with my mortality very yeah. closely. Yeah. So maybe I don't need that experience because of my own personal one. You know, and that's so true. Because when you look at your own experiences, like definitely with me and the PTSD, um, and I know I shared in a couple of book meetings clubs meetings ago um, was that I recognized I was being emotionally abused by a family member for 20 odd years. That was quite severe. Um, and I recognized it turned into complex PTSD because it affected my personality because I, I had low self-esteem, a very low self-esteem um, because of it and kind of a lot of self-doubt. Um, so in that, that's been very painful and the depths of sadness and unworthiness that I have felt coupled with the hypervigilance, um, mm -hmm. was, I would have taken the Meniere's disease first, quite honestly. Um, so yeah, exactly. Like the psychological suffering that some of us have already experienced that has led us to take on the course if we use it for true forgiveness, it may be that we don't have to re-experience something like that. Um, but yeah, I think your best guide for anything enlightenment wise is, of course, what Jesus, the man who went through it, would say. Because <laughs> not me, right? I only know what I've read and heard. Um, but yeah, in the, the stages of development, I recommend having a bit of a read through. Maybe you might resonate with a certain stage um, and, and just go with the flow. But the Holy Spirit's there for you. And what I would say, is that the Holy Spirit never teaches through fear. The Holy Spirit teaches through love. If you find yourself afraid, that is not the Holy Spirit. So do keep that in mind. And what I would also say is get back in the driver's seat. If you find yourself afraid, get back in that driver's seat. You're the decision maker. You don't have to be afraid and settle for that. And when you let the Holy Spirit in, just uh, the reminder, right, that someone believes in you. And of course, the Holy Spirit's going to believe in you because the Holy Spirit's there to support you, to love you, right, and to guide you. So, of course, the Holy Spirit's going to be like, look, I am here. You can do this, right, because I am with you, right? As I've shared earlier in book club meetings is that, you know, we need help out of here. And that's what the Holy Spirit, that's its role. So, yeah, really beautiful. And also what I would say is, um, this whole dark night of the soul topic, um, can we kind of see the ego sneaking in there a bit again, <laughs> right? Where it's like enlightenment. Oh, I can't have you become enlightened because that's death to the ego. So here, I'm going to give you a topic to be afraid of. So you won't want to become enlightened, <laughs> right? So just being aware of, um, that's that person's story. Is it mine? Either way, I know the Holy Spirit's with me and I'm going to, I can do this because the Holy Spirit is my love being guide and my source loves me and they don't teach through fear. So those are my thoughts on it, um, you know, but I don't know everything. So, you know, I wouldn't even claim to. That's just from what I've read. Um, so 
and and also like my intuition that you know we kind of want to follow what Jesus is guiding us to um what his course says because he's the one who's been through it right anyway so I encourage you to read the the stages of development um so on page 98 there's two course quotes that I share the first one is from chapter 25 of the text where it says God's more basic law that love creates itself and nothing but itself. So what that said for me uh, when I read it was it just actually really helped me tune into the fact that I am love. And just I have that stream of love just always flowing through me. And so if we can get to that point um, where maybe our reaction isn't instantaneous and we're really wondering how we're going to respond, I just wonder if you could bring in that because you are love, and love creates like itself, right? Because that's how we were created. Source extended its love, and that's how we were created. That if you have that um, opportunity to create some space between you and your reactions or how you respond, it might be fun to start to bring in that idea that I am love, right? Um, anyways, I've, I've found that to be very helpful. And then also on um, the following course quote on page 98 is from chapter three of the text. And I found this to be really helpful. The mind returns to its proper function only when it wills to know, right? So the proper function of the mind is to know and knowledge comes from source. So when we're doing that and we are willing to know, then we're, our minds are being used properly. But that God-given ability for us to create, and it is a God-given ability for us to create, when we choose for the ego, we're just misusing that creative ability, if you can see it that way. But that creative ability is always available to you. And so when you think about it, you know, that's why fear can be so intense, right? Is because it, you have this creative ability and it's so powerful. So we can really scare ourselves, right? We can really feel that intensity of fear. So if you can just kind of tune into that and just go, okay, but I don't need to continue scaring myself. As I was saying, you don't need to keep garnishing things with more fear. You know, you can flow through the experiences that are within your script and apply true forgiveness. And then what you can do is you can start to remember that your mind's true function is to know. I want to know, and knowledge is only of God. So just something that I just feel it's important to understand what your mind is truly for, that creation, that knowledge. Okay. Um, and then on page 99, it looks like we are going to be able to finish up this chapter, which is great. Um, on page 99, I guess just give some tips um, to just help you connect with your source. And that first one is turn to HS when you need help and stop going it alone. Okay, you don't have to go it alone. Start turning to the Holy Spirit. The next tip I would give is connect with your source. Simply say hello in the morning, then quiet your mind, if even for a minute, to feel love and safety. Forget the things you think you need, forget your goals, forget your concerns, and just connect. And then the next one, with each ego hiccup, see if you can try and apply true denial and remind yourself of who you really are. How long am I going to let the ego affect me? There's a different way to see this. There's a better way to see this. 
Okay. Be vigilant only for God and its kingdom, which is your home. And the fourth tip, try to remind yourself that you cannot know your your source if you are in an ego state, holding on to grievances and feeling anxious about what may or may not happen. So if you catch yourself getting into those states, again, it's not something to feel guilty about. Just be aware that you don't need to stay there. Okay, and you can use the Holy Spirit to get out of those fearful states And then you're going to be able to feel that connection with your source when you're no longer in a state of fear. Okay, so just something helpful. And as I share um, at the end of page 99, that one of the greatest lessons that PTSD has taught me is to stop fussing about this world and start enjoying the eternal present moment. It's the greatest gift. And you know, it was a gift that PTSD gave me is to stop fussing, stop fussing about what other people are doing, how they're progressing, whatever it might be, what's going on in the world. If I'm guided to do something, I will be guided and I will know. But in the meantime, I got to take care of myself. Stop fussing and start enjoying. (laughs) And you know, yeah, there are things we're going to get caught up in doing. But if we can catch ourselves and give ourselves permission to enjoy right? You're allowed to do that. (laughs) That's a really beautiful thing. And as we're taught in the course that God created us to create the good, the beautiful, and the holy, you are fully supported by spirit in doing that which makes you feel peaceful and happy. Because you can only know your source from a place of peace and happiness. So you're safe to feel that way. And if you don't, do your forgiveness work and you'll get back. It's all good. And as a child of God, you deserve it. Through everything you seem to face, you can remember God. Okay, So that's how I finish up that section on God. There is that section on page 100, 101, where I talk a little bit more about the mind. I can continue that in the next book club meeting because we're going to get into the laws of the mind and, and all that. So that would be an appropriate way to start. But that is the discussion of the God mind. Is that helpful? Very. So nice. I'm going to read. I'm not looking forward. I know I shouldn't project into the future, but I know these are going to end at some point. I'm not looking forward to that. (laughs) Oh, thank you, love. I appreciate that. I like this this Sunday night evening thing. It is fun, isn't it? For me. Hi, Rose. Okay, great. Thanks. A great class. Really enjoyed it a lot, Fiona. And one of the things, um, uh, two things, when you talked about the script, Mm -hmm. choosing the ego script, the decision maker choosing the ego script, or the decision maker choosing the uh, Holy Spirit script, my understanding, just to clarify if that's yours, Mm -hmm. when you say choose the Holy Spirit script, it's really, because we wrote as in the ontological oneself, Mm-hmm. the dreamy mind son of god one mind dreaming we wrote the script act in the script direct the script mm-hmm. so the script actually doesn't change mm-hmm. is my understanding but what when we put in the holy spirit spirits video we're seeing the same script but with a different interpretation that's mm-hmm. how i understand when we put in the whole Holy Spirit's like, you know, I would like to see a wholly different script than lots of times what's going on in my life. But 
it's the same script because that's really what's going on in my life is a long-term illness and ongoing challenges. Mm -hmm. So when you talked, when I listened to the replay, you talked about how um, sometimes we just don't know what the script is for. It's like, Mm -hmm. God, Fiona healed and this other person healed. Why can't I heal? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And that, that I can't know all I can keep doing, even if the script doesn't seem to change, to have that trust, it is beyond anything I could understand and yeah. just keep choosing peace mm-hmm. and the interpretation that it's a dream. Mm-hmm. It's not me. Mm-hmm. And I do know that my challenges are really helping me break my identification because right. I'm so body or orientated. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that idea that I'm not putting in the Holy Spirit script as much as the same script being hearing the Holy Spirit's interpretation of it. Yeah. And it described so beautifully about, well, I don't need, well, maybe it'll be other lifetimes, like, you know, like uh, maybe it's just other lifetimes that I don't have to do that again, but I'm doing it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and from what I, and and that's a great, great statement. Thank you. And so what I do know is, um, yes, when we choose the Holy Spirit script, we're definitely choosing um, a script that is going to get us home. But through Gary Renard's work, what was shared was that um, first of all, as a decision maker, when that script pops up, even if I get the Holy Spirit script, um, that I still need to choose how I perceive that script, right? So unconsciously that script is being projected, right? And so, you know, we can say like, yeah, I choose for the Holy Spirit for sure. Um, but it is important for us to consciously choose for the Holy Spirit to go when that, so that hiccup that might come up, then I'm going to choose. I have to remember to activate that decision maker in my mind. So I have to make sure I perceive it, you know, because the Holy Spirit's like, okay, here it is. There's this thing where you're ready to heal it. I'm here with you, but I need you to choose for me while you appear to go through it, right? So we have that unconscious dynamic of the projection of the script, and then that more conscious dynamic of I'm choosing to do this with the Holy Spirit. We're also taught in Gary Renard's work that if we continue our true forgiveness, and this is a bit of a, (laughs) you know, can be a kind of hard teaching, is that things may actually not necessarily get easier um, in the experience. But that's okay, because our true goal is to get home. So because psychologically, the ego is being undone, we actually just feel better even though things may still come up and we have to do our true forgiveness work on them. But the point is, is that we mentally will just feel better because the ego's being undone and the Holy Spirit's like, okay, so now we need to, you know, get this forgiveness opportunity out of the way so you can get enlightened and go home. So that is kind of a tough teaching from Gary Renard's work that things don't necessarily become easier, but how you perceive it becomes easier mentally it becomes easier. Um, So that's just, we really, it brings our focus back to that really that it is how we are perceiving what appears to happen. Yeah. Is that, is that helpful? Yeah, it is. You know, I guess I really did want to talk with you about that too. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's not an easy script for me and it's ongoingly difficult and Mm -hmm. to truly accept it with the Holy spirit Mm -hmm. Um, and get a bigger view 
mm-hmm. a, a much, much bigger view instead yeah. of poor little Roseanne, yeah, <laughs> as, opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to the creation of God, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, I really, I really want things to be different as opposed to I really want to wake up. I really mm-hmm. see it as coming down to I've got to want to wake up more than I want things to be out of pain, to be out of fatigue, to be out of anxiety, you know. Yeah. All that I really want to wake up more than that. Yeah. So yeah. It's it gets me quite a challenge at times, but I really appreciate your support in that sometimes it doesn't yeah. seem to resolve or get easy, but yeah. to try and stick with that high well not try to stick with the higher picture yeah yeah because mentally it's going to get easier mentally how you perceive it that is what's going to get easier the situation you will be more primed to see the situation as more neutral and in that regard it to other people it may just be like seem another like wham <laughs> and to you you're like eh, you know let's do this <laughs> So, so something to keep in mind that it's not going to be scary for you, right? Because you're, you're going to be stronger in your right mind. And we do really, really want to remember that the number one thing the course is teaching is that there is no world. It's not about it being all prim and proper all the time. That is not its nature at this present time, right? You know, maybe when there's 10 people left and they're all right near enlightenment, maybe these things will look a little better, (laughs) but at this present time. um, So we just kind of want to see it that way. But that does not mean we don't get our opportunities for joy and for happiness. We'll definitely get those. The, The less ego content that's in our mind, the more gently we're going to perceive the things that appear to happen in this world and that's not so scary at all right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the, the the that's really nice thank you fiona they and as you talked i could get the picture that i'm really trying to cultivate is the primary lesson of every forgiveness lesson mm-hmm. that i'm seeing is in this ongoing forgiveness slow burn is mm-hmm. that disidentifying from the ego content of body and emotions and really identifying with what never is hurt and never can suffer yeah and it feels on this level like suffering but to get that that's the illusion it's Mm -hmm. it's not true you know so that's quite a challenge but it's everybody's challenge i it is yeah. It's that trial that we face and but we we just ultimately get there. We ultimately get there. And and so don't be afraid, right? Because you're progressing along one thing at a time, right? So if you're feeling anxious, deal with the anxiety, right? You know, that's because you want to try and bring peace to your mind. And again, if you're guided to do something to physically help yourself, then do so. You know, that's not a problem. But you do want to tend to that fear in the mind, tend to it as in correcting that guilt that is the source of that fear. So healing can occur. That's your job to invite that. That's and then you can feel peace. And then the more because, you know, when I had that last bout of vertigo, I wasn't afraid. I asked Eric to throw on America's Funniest Home Videos and it was nothing. And then ultimately the men years disappeared. It had served its role, at least for me. Right. Um, so things like that. And, you know, and then the PTSD was right on the heels of it. 
<laughs> just when I thought something, yeah. And you know, when, and how foreign of an idea was vertigo to me, I had never known when I first had it, I was like, I think this is vertigo, but I had never read a definition of vertigo. I just, you know, it was such a foreign concept. So just speaking to how unconscious these projections are, but okay, if it's vertigo, then I'm going to choose how I'm going to go through it. Right. Cause that's my, you know, it, it seems so foreign. So just, yeah, recognizing it's really all about that power position of the decision maker. That's your role. And that was my other question mm -hmm. and um, get your view on this, that the decision maker and being a long-term student of Kenneth's ongoingly. Um, and I'm currently picking up the, uh, the vast illusion time, the vast illusion. Oh, nice. Yeah. Before you mentioned it. So that's kind of a cool synchronicity. <clears throat> when Kenneth mentions the decision maker, he says that decision maker, which I'm beginning to experience more and more, mm -hmm he said, encompasses everything. Like I always, you know, look at his dot on his charts yeah. and, you know, the decision maker as a dot, but the decision maker as the dreamer, mm -hmm. which is everything like that, like it encompasses it. I encompass everything, yeah. not I, than I is the yeah. one. Yeah. So that aspect of, of being the dreamer and being it all. So getting out of, the local personal self into the grand yeah total self yeah and that decision maker is already the whole thing mm -hmm. and just to see that and allow so I just wanted to get how you viewed that because that's how mm -hmm. I'm really trying to enter the decision maker as everything as yeah. the dreamer and not just the dot and the chart. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, well, how I see it is that in this physical experience, it is everything. It is. And when I, because that's what you're literally doing. If we keep that focus, this is coming from the mind. It is, the problem is how I'm perceiving it. If I'm feeling fear, that's the problem. If I'm feeling guilt, that's the problem that needs to be corrected. So that's, if that's how I'm perceiving things to me, that says, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that's what's true, right? Because as we're taught in the course, perception is a mirror, not a fact. And so I get a choice in how I perceive it. Sounds good to me. I'm going to choose for the Holy Spirit because I want that true perception. So yeah, it is in this split mind experience. It is everything because that is your choice on how you get out of here in a healthy and loving way because you're... Every time you choose for your right mind, you're incrementally going above, going above. Your mind is getting healed and you're going home, right? Every time you choose for ego, not to feel guilty about it. Every time you do, you've just gotten a little further here and you have to stop, become aware again, and then go back up. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But that's what the decisioning. Yeah, it's a good way of saying it here in this split mind experience. It is, you know, a, a massive part of it. Massive. Yeah, the, the quote that you know, that's been hanging on my wall for years and years is the real function of the teacher of God is awareness of dreaming. Mm, beautiful. That metaphor of everything I'm looking at and experiencing is everything. Everything in the dream is me. Yeah. And I'm making it all act out for me. I mean, it's such a position of power as a decision maker is like, no, I'm not a victim. I'm the dreamer. Yeah. And is me it's such a turnaround in 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 identity as yeah. oh this as opposed to 
the dreamer not being localized, but being everything in my mind dreaming. It's, yeah. it's expansive. It's hard for me. I, I get there, especially mm -hmm. in my meditations, but it's just trying to live from that in a day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis is more challenging. Yeah. And, you know, you don't need to try and do that, right? You know, you can relax a bit, you know, about all of this. And, and I think, you know, you're going to have those moments where you'll want to remember that and activate that within yourself. And that's good. But, you know, you, you don't have to be so heavy on, on the course. You know, you can relax and enjoy and read a, a different book or whatever. You know what I mean? You can, um, that the important thing is, is that you're just starting to create that habit. Because even if you're not you know, totally grasping every part of the course, you're still able to choose for your right mind. You know, you're still able to choose for the Holy Spirit when something challenges you or you have a question, right? So, you know, that's the more kind of things that you're able to do while you appear to go through this world. Like when I was on vacation in New Zealand, you know, there were eating great food and all this stuff. Yeah, I wasn't so heavily focused on you know, remembering everything about the course, but if something came up and I needed to forgive, I did, you know, and so we can be, you know, just kind of remembering that it's okay to just kind of relax a bit, trust, we put the Holy Spirit in charge, always doing that, even on my vacation, the Holy Spirit's in charge, always saying hello to God, and in those quieter moments, you'll actually just find yourself just wanting to, like when I was on the beach looking at the ocean, like, oh, just wanting to connect with my source. There's nothing else I'd rather do, right? So those moments just start to naturally come because you are becoming more right-minded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, <laughs> thank you love. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Gabby, I did see your hand up, love. Was your question answered? Yes, I okay. just wanted to um, kind of add up a little bit to what we were talking in the beginning about the change on the script. Mm -hmm. And I know that we are not going for changing the script, mm -hmm. but uh, like Rose beautifully said, it's just how we perceive mm -hmm. the things that we have in our script. Yeah. But also we can have a little bit of hope storage in the back uh, because Please correct me if I don't remember this well or if you guys have something that's more clear to say. But I remember that Arten and Pursa say to Gary that one time that he went to the movies, yeah. he, had, he was late to a movie. Yeah. And he was kind of like, oh, I didn't see the movie that I want. This, this day didn't work out like I was planning. Yeah. I went to see another movie that made me late and I didn't like that movie. Mm -hmm. But... They explained that that day he was supposed to get in a car accident. Yeah. That it was going to leave him bad, in a bad condition. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Yeah. Because of all the forgiveness that he did, yeah. he didn't need that lesson anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so there are a lot of scripts. Yeah. So we can change the script yeah. to forgiveness work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I love that example. Yeah, Gary, because he meant he arrived late, he saw a different movie. And if he had seen the other movie, he would have gotten in a car accident. Um, and he didn't need to learn that lesson. So he arrived late, he saw the movie that was kind of crappy, and he was upset about it. But 
but they're like, hey, at least you didn't end up in a car accident. So that was through his true forgiveness work that he was able to, he learned that lesson. He didn't have to go through that, which is, and so yeah, Art and Persa teach us that we will, we can switch even dimensions of time which is so cool. So, and we're, we're not even really aware of it. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, so cool. So, you know, and it's, it's not to scare us, right. It's not as a threat, but keeping up with your true forgiveness work, because why not? <laughs> it's really the, the better choice. <laughs> so, thank you, Gabby. I love that example too. <laughs> when you get a moment in the morning, connect with your source, you know, feel the love. Remember, remember and yeah it will just be you know we don't have to do so much that's for sure as art and Persa lovingly teach us right is that everything will become as easy as brushing your teeth <laughs> which is really beautiful <laughs> thank you everyone for a great conversation a great book club meeting